You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 10 Things. Hello, good people. Welcome to this episode of 10 Things here on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel hanging out with Ailey Lewis. Ailey, that is not the start that we wanted to the Chiefs 2023 race. It wasn't pretty. Everything hurts, you know. <laughs> we didn't even play, and it just hurts. It hurts to see it, uh, especially after hanging up the banner, and then that happens in their own house. It's definitely painful for the Chiefs. It's going to be a long 10 days, Casey. There was so much just energy in the parking lot before the game when I was with my family. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was set up to be such a cool night. Uh, with the banner dropping, they brought the Lombardis out beforehand. They did the, uh, multiple tributes to Norma Hunt. Mm-hmm. Everything that's going on, there was just so much going on that just wish they didn't play quite. And what I tweeted when we left the game last night was just sloppy. Yeah, was just there was so much that was sloppy going on, and and there's plenty to plenty of blame to go around. And we'll talk through a lot of the storylines on this show and go through the ten things that stood out to us. But before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsor of this show and ten things, Mission Taco Joint, out with three locations here in Kansas City including the new one out in Leewood. We appreciate not only their support of this program, but of the KCSN Foundation and our Feed It Forward program. Mission Taco Joint was generous enough to help our Feed It Forward program by providing meals every month to Hope Faith Ministries, homeless shelter downtown, and we'll be providing meals alongside Mission Taco Joint each month for the next year with this partnership. We appreciate them. If you're interested in supporting or being a part of this program, please let us know member you can also get 10 percent off your mission taco bill if you want to go and get some taco tuesdays on any tuesday in kansas city mention kcsn get 10 percent off your bill but thank you to mission taco for their support of this show and our foundation all right Haley, you ready to get into 10 things that stood out to us about this game buckle up everybody uh, okay all right here we go the chiefs lose did you know that 21 to 20 yeah one pretty so the fact that they lose opening night of the nfl as the reigning super bowl champs in their own house you mentioned all the things that would have made it so spectacular if it had all come together i really put a lot i also talked a lot of crap (laughs) i bet a lot of things um and i'm sad i'm sad about this but anyways needless to say i think the biggest takeaway that we we see from this and and tucker and i were talking about it last night did they miss Chris Jones more or did they miss Travis Kelsey more? And it was apparent you need Travis Kelsey. Yeah. There was all that talk about Patrick Mahomes maybe not necessarily needing a star receiver, needing his star guy, uh, you know, after the Tyreek Hill trade and all those different things. But it was apparent last night that seven wide receivers might not ever be able to make up for the production that Travis Kelsey puts on the field. Now, this is the first time he's actually missed game since 2014 due to injury um that knee and we got more you know um information about the hyperextension and and that he's hopeful to be back for week two against jacksonville but coach reed said this afterwards uh about missing kelsey he said no excuses at all you know we we got guys that can play we were right there we need to take care of business they got us on special teams and continued to drive they got us on the tip ball and i'm sure he went on to say they got us on a lot more it's just inexcusable as the Super Bowl champs, but it also is a point of emphasis to say that Travis Kelsey is that good. Yeah. I think this last night's game, and it, it once the dust settles and all the kind of emotion of it for all fans and I know Chiefs fans and all fans of any sport, 
uh, or emotional about it. But once it kind of the dust settles a little bit and you step back, like we know that most NFL games, even with the Kansas City Chiefs, as good as they were last year winning the Super Bowl, they weren't always blowing people out. These games yeah. are settled by five to seven plays and the Chiefs have been so disciplined and so good that that's why the word sloppy just stood out to me that the things that they're normally so crisp with, they weren't. And we, we're going to talk about Kadarius Tony and his games. It's going to be the talk um, for a lot of people. But to your point, they needed Travis Kelsey. And this is, and I'm going to be very careful about the way I say this because I don't want it to come across uh, for anybody and speaking on behalf of those of us who were in the camp of, I wanted DeAndre Hopkins. I, I believe that we needed a veteran weapon to step in and play. This is not an I told you so moment for the people who are like, we have young standout wide receivers. Justin Ross is going to be a star. There were people that were saying, granted, it's a small faction, but there were people saying we don't need DeAndre Hopkins because we have Justin Ross. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong and there's nothing to say that Justin Ross isn't going to end this season with 600 yards and be an absolute stud. And we hope he does. And I absolutely hope he does. But for those of us that were like, they need a veteran that can step in and play right away because it is not as easy just to step mm -hmm. right in the NFL and produce. And I know on one of, I think it may have been in the 10 things we can go back and ask Tucker. I remember saying it's a stretch if you're asking every receiver on your roster to be have their to move up a notch yeah if you need all of every all seven of those guys to be better than they've shown to be at this level you're in a tough spot when you have the best quarterback in nfl history on your roster and so it's gonna take them a few weeks to get up to speed mm -hmm. i hope that we don't lose so many games before that that they put themselves in such a hole that they can't get out of it so it's not a i told you so but it is a we told we those of us that were paying attention or those of us that had that thought of hey, it takes a while for these young guys to get up to speed, to get comfortable with this game. You don't want to cost too many games, but these are the kinds of things that we were talking about. They could very well get there, but it was the thing that dawned on me after the game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes in the first half goes 8 of 10 throwing to wide receivers, then 2 of 12 <laughs> in the second half, and Sky Moore... And then it scored touchdown in the second half. Yeah, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, 8 targets, 1 reception. That's not going to get it done, and we talked about those 5 to 6 plays... Three of them, four of them to Kadarius Tony. those drops, you just can't have that. You can't overcome those things. I put it out on Twitter last night because nobody needs to – Kadarius Tony doesn't need all these people like dunking on him to get better. Right. It's going to be really interesting and really impactful to this team overall how he responds to a game like that. And I saw somebody on Twitter saying, knowing Andy Reid, the first play, offensive play, oh, Jacksonville is yeah. going to go to Kadarius Tony. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's just – but overall, it's just disappointing. You know, heading heading into that game last night, the Chiefs have strung together eight consecutive wins on on opening night uh, or they're opening their season, and yeah. it's just disappointing to see. But we we talked about the struggles at wide receiver, all seven getting um, targets. I want to be careful with the words that I choose. Kadarius, he was out with a knee injury. He yeah. was struggling during training camp, so he was out. And again, now I'm talking most recently at practice for the past couple of weeks has been struggling with that, and and it showed. Uh, which is to be expected. No one just thought that an NFL wide receiver who had both hands touch the ball would be missing it so much. Now, again, I can't go out there and catch the ball. It's just yeah. more of like, you got to, I mean, this is the caliber of the team that you're on and you got to perform when you're put in those situations. He's yeah. not the only one who had drops though. Sky Moore yeah. had a drop. Jarek McKinnon had a drop. There was pretty much one fancy, flashy, amazing throw to MVS, which was incredible. But even Sky Moore and MVS, who were your top two receivers last night, didn't even produce as much as what you would need for the bottom tier of what Juju Smith-Schuster brought last year. Yeah. So it's just, it's going to be something that we'll have to see how, how, how things shake out. 
Um, but I, I, the answer, it's it's eluding me as well, BJ. Yeah, I just, they've got to get, I mean, obviously, they have to get better. They yeah. can't play like that and continue to go. But I don't like the, we got to cut him, we got to get rid of him, he should never play. Oh like, God, yeah. you don't want a Super Bowl without Kadarius Tony. You have the greatest punt return in NFL, like, Super Bowl history. Like, let's keep some perspective. Um, it's okay for a player to go out there and have a horrible game. It's just the situation, everything around it made it suck even more. It was yeah. the opening game and all of these things. Um, but again, it's the response to how you come back from something like that that's going to make a bigger impact, I think, than that game. Because the Chiefs still could have won that game despite all those other issues. Um, they still could have won that football game. And and the next one is is another one um, that if we're going to talk about you know, the handful of plays that could determine the outcome of the game, talk about play calling. And yeah. it's a tough thing because we all, and myself included, like we all love like the trick plays in the end zone when they work and like the... All the like, I can't think of what the, what the, the pageantry, college the, the pageantry, the Tucker, what was it called? Like the, what were we looking for? They did the, the snow globe. Oh, the snow globe play. Then we saw the college team do it. Like <laughs> all this stuff is awesome when it works. And then when it doesn't, you're just like, why are they trying all this stuff? Just run it down the middle. Yeah. Um, or just do a simple play. Uh, and so those are also like the third and one, the Rasheed Rice run. And then the one in the end zone, mm-hmm. um, and it's going on, but. There's always those, again, six to eight plays that determine the outcome of the game. Kadarius Tony's four plays, probably half of them, which is not great yeah. uh, to be there, but um, still other plays that they could have walked away with the victory for that. I think it just was also hard and painful to watch Mahomes have no support, you know, and their, their situation. And I think it was really toward this, I mean, the end of the second half, uh, but watching him throw pass after pass after pass to his receivers, hit their hands. Uh, the tipped up to pick six. I mean, that was just painful to see those things happen uh, and, and and to realize how important it is that Mahomes can't carry the whole entire team. Um, but like you said, the, the blame has to be spread. It's not Kadarius Tony who lost the entire game. There were some good things. We can talk about the defense. Yes. That was a wonderful thing. Yeah. I have one more thing on Mahomes. You're talking about not him not being able to do everything himself. I saw this on Next Gen Stats put, put this out okay. there that Patrick Mahomes was not uh, sacked um, last night despite the 17 pressures that he had from the Detroit Lions and that Mahomes has now avoided a sack on 38 consecutive pressures dating back to last season's AFC Championship game, which is the longest streak of any quarterback over the last six years. I know we talked about a lot of these things last year Mm -hmm. of Mahomes isn't being sacked very much, but but at that time it was Orlando Brown Jr. and Andrew Wiley had given up the most pressures of any tackles. So it was like, we have Houdini at quarterback who's getting away from everything, <laughs> who's making up for a lot of those things. And 17, 18 pressures really isn't a super high number because I, I look at the pressure numbers each week. That's not a crazy amount. Uh, but the fact that he's so good at avoiding pressure. And I think I didn't talk about it during the week, but just schematically, you know, um, from watching the breakdown, uh, one of the shows that we have on our YouTube channel with Matt Hamilton and Chase Daniel, where they break down Patrick Mahomes each week. They were talking about how much press man the Detroit Lions run. Yeah. So we should have had probably more discussions about Mahomes' ability to scramble and run and pick up mm-hmm. uh, yards with his legs. They get 45 yards of rushing, led the team, yeah. uh, led the Chiefs in rushing in that regard. Uh, it was ended up being a bigger storyline, but his ability to maneuver around the pocket and escape pressure and all those things isn't talked about enough. But to your point, we are going to get some of the positive things, and we're going to do that right after this quick. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. 
It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, welcome back to 10 Things. BJ Kissel hanging out with Haley Lewis. Haley, one of the players, uh, we talked about a lot of things that didn't go Mm -hmm. super great. Um, But on the other side of the ball, talking about the Chiefs defense, pretty good. Yeah, it looked good. I mean, it was lights out for for a long time, and I think the biggest question going into this one, and we'll get to it a little bit later here, was the whole Chris Jones, you know, contract holdout and everything, and thinking yeah. how is the Chiefs defense going to respond? Initially, I believe it was the opening drive, you know, forcing yeah. a three and out, and they came out lights out, and they continued to keep the pressure on. Now, by the end of the game, you could tell they were gassed. Yeah. You know, they they were definitely tired. They were. Um, they're still sticking with it, though. You know, George Karloftis bringing the pressure, uh, showing a lot of maturity, not 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 jumping too soon and, and being able to bat down uh, a pass or two. And then also, you know, we see the leadership of Nick Bolton on the field. We get to see Drew Tranquil come in and, and add to that dynamic, which was incredible to watch the uh, along with Willie Gay, the three of them moving. You also see Justin Reed have some big plays. He batted down Jared Goff's pass on fourth down. You also see Trent McDuffie forcing a fumble. 
Uh, Brian Cook landing on that and making a huge turnover. The only thing that sucked about that was the fact that the Chiefs couldn't even capitalize on the fact that they got that turnover. Um, so the defense was doing a lot for the offense. It just, they were giving them opportunities. It just didn't all work. So let's keep this positive and stick with defense. On third down, they looked glorious. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. And and they, it's, it's, it's a hard, the way in which they were playing, the mismatch that, that they had, uh, gosh, it was it just kept being that slant over the middle that would just open up for for the Lions and just kept getting at the Chiefs. But they were able to slow them down. Um, overall, I would give it. I mean, I was looking online too as well from experts and people who know football far far more advanced than I do. But giving them a B plus on their on their grade without their best interior, you know, defensive lineman. I I think overall the Chiefs defense showed. Uh, they're a force to be reckoned with, and they're a championship quality defense. And I don't want to say without Chris Jones, but they can get it done. Yeah, I that was my takeaway from the game. And and granted, you don't want to make proclamations on an entire season based on Absolutely. one, one yeah. performance. But I think you bring up a great point, and it kind of leads into some of the things that we talked about, like on five things uh, with this. Is a lot of those second year players getting better? And Trent McDuffie was at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. My t- biggest takeaway from the defense. And not to make it about we don't need Chris, but it was how is this defense going to look against the team? And I was I'm higher on the Detroit Lions than a lot of other people. I did do pregame with Kendall Gammon and mm-hmm. at, over at 101 the Fox. And you know, he was not as high on Detroit as I was. So the fact that the Chiefs defense only gave up 14. Well, points, yeah. I know Jameer Gibbs is a rookie, but he is going to be a star. He is going to be a stud in this league. And I think they plan on using him more. I think he is going to get more touches and they're going to figure out ways to utilize him more as we get deeper into the season. But this is a very solid team. I am not as down on Jared Goff, I think, as some other people are. He's coming off the best season of his career. The Detroit Lions were a hot team. And that's not to excuse the Chiefs losing. The Chiefs still should have. And for as bad as they played, they lost by one point. Like they did not score in the second half. The defense kept him in the game and gave him a shot. So giving up 14 points to that Detroit Lions team, I don't see as a bad thing at all. But Again, biggest takeaway, Mike Dana, I thought played really oh, well, why, why did I not early in the game. He was making an impact. Um, there was a time I looked out and I, we were sitting in the end zone, yeah. we sitting kind of lower, like we're in the 12th row. So there's only certain things you can see. Sure. Like jersey number, like it's such a different experience going to the game, especially when you have a lot of new faces. Because at one point I looked on the first quarter, I think it may have been the first or the second drive for the Lions. I looked up and Malik Herring was on the field. Dickerson was on the field. And I just remember thinking, if they can get it done, like they're yeah. getting great experience for these young guys, but if they can get it done at some level with these guys, it is a hat on the back to all of them. And it's not a knock on Chris and we don't need Chris. It's not about mm-hmm. that in like a negative connotation. It's just they can get it done with whoever they have out there. And I thought Spags and all the defensive coaches had a great game plan. But again, to me, the biggest takeaway on defense, Trent McDuffie is going to be a star. It's the number six thing that I have here to stand out. I thought he played fantastic. You cannot play cornerback for Steve Spagnuolo without coming up and tackling. And there were a couple of plays. The tackle that he made on second down to force the third and short mm. was a phenomenal play out in space. Uh, he showed the athleticism. There's some unique mismatches with Marvin Jones and Amon Rossi Brown. Like There's some talent on that side, plus Jameer Gibbs and having to get out and follow him around, which I think is what drew Tranquil. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch the game, but it seemed like anytime Gibbs was getting the ball out in space, Tranquil was the one chasing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But Trey McDuffie, According to Pro Football Focus, he was the highest grade Chiefs defensive player. Number two is Felix Aniduke Uzama. Uh, finished the game with a couple of wow. quarterback pressures, a couple of quarterback hits. Drew Tranquil, 
was the third highest graded player according to Pro Football Focus. Then it's Leo Chanel, Nick Bolton, Brian Cook, Jalen Watson. I mean, Justin Reed's in there. I mean, a lot of those second-year players, it goes back yeah. to the five things to watch. It's not necessarily the totality of what the Chiefs defense could be without Chris Jones and removing him from mm-hmm. what we saw last year. It's that all of those second-year players are going to step up. They're going to be a little They're going to grow, better. yeah. And I think we saw it last night. I, I mean, it was impressive, too. There were, there were some uh, impressive plays and also just the momentum that you see there with those young players, like you're talking about, getting better. We're going to continue to see that throughout the season. And if o- over one year, they were still impressive last year. I remember even talking with Coach Spags about this, saying, did you ever expect your young, especially your young secondary, to, to ever be so good and impressed so early? He goes, you never know. You never know. I was like, I'm just, I'm glad it happened. I was surprised he didn't say no because he was the one who came out and said, like, I want veterans. Like, I don't want a bunch of young players. Right. So many unique things. Uh, Like, they blitzed Mullins. Like, there's a lot to to playing. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that there's not a lot playing defensive back anywhere where you go, but Spikes puts a lot on those guys. And there's a reason he says he likes veterans. And then they shove like five rookies on his defensive backfield. Hey, it it, it has panned out so far. Hopefully, it continues to pan out. He has, I, when we talk to veteran players, they say his playbook is one of the deepest defensive playbooks they've ever had to learn. So props to those guys for stepping up big. Hopefully it continues. I want to talk a little bit more about the Chris Jones, um, the the saga that has continued. And I think everyone hates. There's not a single person <laughs> in Kansas City who wants to see this thing continue. But the latest, according to Jones and to the Chiefs, is that they are not close enough in contract talks. Both parties have also indicated that there hasn't been as much communication. Now, I want to pose this question to you, BJ. Was it worse that he was in attendance sitting in a suite watching the game? Or was it better that he was there with his team? Would you have rather the look have been him at home not showing up or him being there available to play? Not technically available to play, but you get what I'm saying. Like He could have been on that field and sitting in a suite rather than been on that field. What do you think was better? Better look for him. I hate this and I'm not going to pretend to like be friends with Chris. I just, I know Chris, I know his agents too, and they've always been good um, right. to me. So like, I, I hate this situation. I've said yeah. that for a while now, unless I missed something and I going to the game, like you don't see everything on TV. Chris wasn't with his teammates. He was hanging out with his agents. Yeah. And so it wasn't like he was being there supporting. And unless he contractually had to be there for like his McDonald's stuff in order okay. to like suffice. I didn't think about contract. that. Um, but he wasn't wearing like, he wasn't. You know, wearing a McDonald's shirt mm-hmm. or anything when he's sitting between his agents. But I thought it was pretty awkward to see him sitting up there um, yeah. at the game. Uh, it wasn't a distraction to the players because the players aren't on social media before the game and they're not watching and seeing it all. But right. I don't know how I'd feel as a player coming off a tough loss and then seeing Chris Jones sitting in a seat that he paid just over a million dollars for that ticket to sit there and watch the game and not be with his team because of the fine of not being there. So I hate the situation. Yeah. I didn't like that he was there sitting and and not being a part of his team just because if I'm a teammate I don't know how I would feel about that you're not gonna yeah. get the business you're not they're not gonna criticize each other for trying to get paid and all those things players are pretty respectful they're mature and they're adults about all of it but uh, I did not like the look of him you know sitting sandwiched between his two agents that are trying to look out for him uh, and do the best and get the best deal they can for him I just thought it was a, a bad look and based on the very um cool comma collected uh comments that i was seeing on twitter i would say it was pretty unanimous that cheese fans did not like seeing him there and i don't know how much different it would have been if they had geeked out a, a win and they may have felt differently but wasn't a great look based on how it all played out i agree with you 
it was almost when when they panned to that on the broadcast it was just like like you do, you don't know how to feel about it. It's like you you want him to be there, but you're also like, would it be better if you weren't there? Um, I will say to spin this into a positive, the memes were popping off. Now I know you were there in person, so you were were particularly on Twitter or on the tweet. Uh, but the memes about him sitting between his two agents, people kept uh, tweeting out, "Blink twice if you're being held hostage or if you're okay." Um, that basically, what's the what's the guy Tuck? He's the one who say bar rescue or. I think it's crazy. And then they were talking about the Blues Brothers. Uh, basically, the memes popped off and they did deliver. So if you would like to have a little lighthearted take on the whole Chris Jones debacle, you can go to Twitter later on I and see how it. many. I mean, he does look like he's being held hostage between the Sopranos. I'm sure it's super awkward but, for him, too. I, I don't know if I'd feel differently. Sure. I don't even know what the rules are as far as like what's officially reporting. Can he even be around the team? And not having to be keen this week, too. I was confused on that. I, if you're away from the facility, is that why it's allowed? I guess so. Yeah, I just don't reserve, know. So we could have talked to him. I don't know what what constitutes officially reporting to the team. Like, I I actually would have felt better if you would have been like down the tunnel, like high five the guys as they run out the tunnel, like or something. being. Yeah, but is that just, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I don't know. And if if that was allowed, I would have rather had that than him sitting 300 yards away between his two agents saying like almost like. I'm here, but I'm not here. And that's the part for me that was like, what was the point of being there physically if it wasn't to be shown on the broadcast uh, and to be to discuss that, hey, he's not here. And it almost seemed like intentional uh, between him and his agents of being like, hey, we're going to sit here. The broadcast obviously knew where he was sitting. They found him uh, sitting there, whether they searched for him or whether they told him where he was sitting. So they put him on. I don't know. Um, but I thought it was super, super awkward and disappointing yeah. that turned into everybody kind of turning on Chris, which I don't think should happen either. Uh, this is business. This stuff happens. That was a awkward move that I wasn't really a big fan of, but doesn't change how I feel about Chris. Doesn't change how yeah. we should welcome him back as soon as uh, hopefully something gets done or whether he just kind of shows up and plays out the rest of the mm -hmm. current contract that he's on. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that was uh, super cool. I mean, he's made it clear he wants to be here and um, we want him here. So yeah, we'll, we'll leave a, it at that. He just says he wants a raise, but I've, I've seen people talk about it. I didn't too, BJ. Presser was super awkward because they're, unless they're lying, unless even Florio's lying, of all things, he's defending the Chiefs. He is getting a raise and they were offering him a raise. He just wants a bigger raise uh, than what he was offered. And I don't like making huge proclamations, but if his agents were hoping last night was going to help his case you know, in some kind of way, I don't think that that's going to work. And I don't think that kind of pressure works on the Chiefs anyway. I don't think it's going to do anything uh, on that. But you know what? The NFL is here. And DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just 5 bucks. That's code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
or 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for gam- for a problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I'm so <laughs> glad to get through that. Though we appreciate Jeff Poor Tucker. It's enough. I know you, you had to do that one last <laughs> night. I should have read through it before I actually read it. So that was completely... Off the top. I appreciate you, DraftKings. So it says hope in why I read it as hope me. <laughs> that was like I had to say that. It would have been so foul. If you're curious, check the description in that show and it will be. <sighs> okay. My last point. I'll give this to you and then you can wrap it up for me. The Chiefs responding after this week is really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. There's your spin. There you go, Chiefs Kingdom. That's the. That's it. That's all I have. No, but basically, this is this is a test. Yep. It looks you have an egg on your face. It ain't great. It doesn't look good. Uh, it's not pretty, and it's not fun. And like I said, it's going to be a long ten days until the Chiefs are back on the field in Jacksonville. So this is going to be how do the Chiefs respond? They usually do respond to adversity in the past very well. This is a new season, a new you know regime, new players, new roster, but it's not all that new. Yeah. So you still have Coach Reed. You still have the leadership in the locker room with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and those people hopefully who will be back and not have um, or Kelsey who will be back without an injury this week or coming week. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, so that's really going to be the biggest thing is how you have an entire fan base. And I hate to say this, destroying you on Twitter right now. And Chiefs fans like y'all got to relax sometimes like at the end of the ga- day, death threats and that kind of stuff is re- ridiculous this is a game so breathe yeah i mean seriously it's always been that way it's never gonna change i know but like good lord i know i i was working there like people would say i hope the plane like when i tweet out like the final score on a loss they'd be like hope the plane crashes like i'm getting on the plane like facetiming with my daughter and my son is like you people okay this is our people like we're this chief kingdom and i know it's it's a small faction most people and most people listening yeah really pissed off they're out having a good time. You set it up. And we you get that. Plan your day around it. And then they lose and it ruins your day because you're emotionally invested into it. The same reason that you get so Absolutely. down on it yeah. is the reason that you're so passionate about it. It's just why it feels so good when they are successful and that you feel like, hey, we don't like we're in the middle of this like dynasty best stretch. Yeah. And this was just in franchise history. And when you lose games like that, it's like, no, like we've lost games. Like we're better than this mm-hmm. and we should. And expectations are a crazy thing. And it does a, a lot to to fans. I haven't um, told that in relationships. <laughs> Expectations are crazy. Want to get We could have another conversation here, Ailey. Um, get some dead advice. <laughs> no, I'm the wrong person. We'll get Tucker in here, and you can give some advice. No, I, I, I'm tired. I'm never gonna be the per like anymore. I fans are gonna be passionate. They're going to get hot and cold and yep. especially the ones that are a little bit younger than I am that kind of grew up on social media and just kind of sharing their thoughts on everything all the time yeah um and putting it out there but yeah I think how they respond to this I think if you're a glass half full person if you're going to lose a game uh you want to lose to an NFC opponent uh, that won't come back to hurt them when it comes to like home field advantage and those types of things mm-hmm. where if it had been like the Colts game 
Like I saw some people right. saying, I see that's a way to compare. Colts. Yeah, early I don't think it, it was as bad because the Colts were in the AFC. Like, it, and I'm much again higher on the Lions. Than I think a lot of the people. I think at the end of the season, this isn't going to seem as a bad loss in that Detroit wasn't a good team. I think it's going to be a bad loss of wow, the Chiefs played one of the worst games that we've seen from them, at least offensively. Probably in Patrick Mahomes' era, like it's up there at least. From a Kadarius Tony like wide receiver situation, I can't remember a game in which the wide receivers uh, no. played as poorly as they did or didn't offer as much um, in a game. But it's not the beginning of the end. Yeah, it's it's one game, and again, if you're looking for a glass half full, they played pretty poor. Now, not on defense, they, the defense gave them a shot. I think the defense came out and played inspired. I think that they probably heard and knew that a lot of people were going to take this as what can this group look like without Chris Jones, but. Yeah, how they respond to this is going to be everything. Luckily, you've got one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Yeah. A culture that was built in that organization that's going to hold guys accountable, that they're not going to dwell on this, and that they are going to pick up Kadarius Tony. They're going to say the right things to him. They're going to support him and try to do that because he doesn't need anybody internally, externally telling yeah. him, you got to be better than that. All the negative things like he actually deleted his Twitter this morning. I don't. Tony deleted his Twitter. Yeah. Probably because Giants fans were after him. If I and was that's a Giants exactly fan, exactly what the rest of the screen says. Yes, he spent all offseason dunking them on Twitter. So and going after people. So you reap what you sow in that regard. None of that stuff is real. It doesn't matter to what's happening on the field. But you put a target on your back by saying things. This is what happens. But how he responds to that, how the team responds to it, it's going to be everything. We have enough examples now over the last several years of how they respond to these types of things that I'm not concerned. I am concerned about the young receivers getting up to speed fast enough that we don't have to lose two or three more games like this before they get caught up to speed. And then we do dig ourselves a hole that they can't get out of without having to make things more difficult down the stretch in the playoffs. Yep. Well, the Chiefs are now the hunted. You know, they got the target on their back. Everyone's coming for them. And this was a wonderful opening for the rest of the NFL fans who despise the Chiefs' success uh, to really lay into them. And hopefully Kansas City can brush it off, but also keep the receipts and move forward and use this motivation and pop back next week i'll say one thing about the game last night just because when we were there there were a ton of lions fans yeah that's the what just saying they were pretty damn cool i'm sure there were some that were like not cool yeah, but the ones that were sitting around us were like really respectful they were really cool really nice i think it's because as a fan base and i'm old enough to like remember and you know nine consecutive playoff losses like in a record like i remember this kind of how the lions are like they're a pretty yeah. beaten down fan base that they just want they finally have some like hope and some excitement. Mm-hmm. They've got a good team and they're coming off a good start to the year. This was a phenomenal start for them. But shout out Lions fans. The one that we were sitting by were super cool. Seemed to be having a great time. Everybody that we were around, they said that everybody was treating them well and they were having a good time. So um, I always want to shout out fan bases when they come into Arrowhead and have a good time. That's what you want. We like that. We like making buttons. Problem. Looking forward. Is another team that I'm higher on than a lot of other people. There's like three teams that I'm higher on than I think a lot of people. Detroit was one of them. Okay. Jacksonville's another. Yeah. And the New York Giants are another. I think the New York okay, Giants are going to be really good. Okay. If I, so, but Jacksonville, they are going to have to play better. Um, Jacksonville is going to be able to score. It, it's going to be a bigger test, I think, for the defense. I believe Trevor Lawrence. I believe in that offense uh, with ETN and all those guys. I, They're going to be good. And with Cal Ridley extra, now, for sure. like, they've got a dude um and i'm a lot higher in calvin really i think than other people i think he is an absolute stud and so it's gonna be a great test for the defense luckily they have a few extra days to get ready um we'll see if the chris jones saga is going to come to an end at some point otherwise he's going to buy another million dollar ticket hopefully we don't see him in jacksonville 
um, sitting up in the stands. Uh, if this becomes a thing where he just travels to all the games, it's super weird. It should turn in. It should turn into a meme series. Just another million dollar ticket. I was purchasing. Just quiet. Okay. Tucker, what are you doing? <laughs> I need. Thanks for watching on YouTube. As Tucker is having some fun with the video mm. controls. Anyway, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Make sure you catch the KCSN post game show last night. If you're just looking yeah, for more fix with Haley, Kent, Tucker, and Craig, and then we will have the. Folks from Only Weird Games, Nate, Josh, and Seth will be recording later so you can find that podcast as well to get their thoughts on a lot of this stuff. But we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate, again, Mission Taco Joint for sponsoring this show and sponsoring uh, the KCSN Foundation and our Feed It Forward program. Our first delivery is coming up here in a couple weeks. Exciting stuff. Tacos make losses better too. So Yes, tacos make everything better. So appreciate all of you. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of the NFL football slate. I uh, hope your fantasy football teams went. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.